You're listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast. North American lithium is hot and Critical Resources seems to have plenty of it. I've just had a chat with Alex Cheeseman. He's the managing director at Critical. He's got a very simple story. It's about as simple as it gets in the resources space. They have a maiden resource and they've got a mineralised body they're chasing down plunge. Drilling's underway. They're pumping samples into the laboratory almost by the day. They have a rig turning 24-7. Big pipeline of results coming. That will feed into a maiden resource. It would seem that there's only really two things that could set this stock backwards. One would be the macro environment, the share market, the spodumene price, etc., or the fact they close it off. Both those things are risks in any business. But when it comes to drilling, he knows that he's onto it. The question is, it's bigger than what he's got. The question for Alex is, how big? That's what we discussed in this great podcast. Investors who are looking for a high-growth lithium story that you can analyse in about two minutes, this will fit the bill. You'll enjoy it. Alex, is Mavis Lake about to become Mavis Ocean? <laughs> uh, well, the body of water's not getting any bigger, but what's uh, what's near it in terms of geology and, and the, the resource potential is definitely uh, growing exponentially at the moment. Um, yeah, so we're, we think we're really onto something here. Now, this is a, a lithium growth story in Ontario. You've had some great results, but the whole message that you would want to convey to anyone listening to us have a chat today is... This is all about growth. Uh, how big is it? Uh, no, definitely about growth. Um, I suppose the the approach that we'd always taken as a company is, is how do we create real value as, as a you know junior lithium entity? Uh, it's either have 100 million tonne plus resource in a tier one jurisdiction or be a near-term producer and capitalise on the high pricing environment. So, you know, the, the latter was always something within our control. So, you know, pulling together a team of ex-Altura people like myself, you know, we know how to, how to deliver a hard rock lithium project. Um, and so we're pushing ahead with all the development work and looking at how quickly can we get into production. I suppose the um, the resource size was always something that could be there, but was going to take time, effort, and, and obviously the, the drill results. And so we were just working through our usual process, you know, very systematically drilling out the project. Uh, and then first drill hole for the summer program obviously hit 74 metres. Uh, it, it was way beyond anything we'd expected. And, um, and that's really sort of, you know, opened up our eyes to, well, what, what, what's there? And the immediate follow-up drilling has all been about testing, probing and understanding this sort of this swell zone, as we're calling it, uh, and, and what, you know, what is the scale potential? And, and right here today, we, we really don't know because we've only had this problem for about six weeks. It's a fantastic problem to have, but we're, uh, we're, we're getting stuck into it, that's for sure. So as the name of the company would suggest, Alex, you're at a rather critical phase in, in the evolution. It sounds like the initial plan was to uh, aim for a small fish, a sweet type approach, get something that is gives you the scale and the economics to, to bring it into production quickly, as you say. But you have got a nail, got a nice problem on your hands. You just The thing is bigger than perhaps you would have initially envisaged. How big is the question? Yeah, um, no, no, that's exactly it. And um, I mean, I suppose I, I couldn't go out on a limb and say how big. Um, much bigger than we thought is probably the answer at the moment. Um, and I suppose the other interesting thing too is this is really just at the main zone. So we um, we acquired some extensions to the property late last year. Uh, we have just some massive LCT outcrops, um, you know, that have through rock chips we've confirmed spodumene mineralisation, uh, the Gullwing Tot Lake property. So they're yet to be drill tested as well. They're, they're about nine kilometres from the main zone. So um, you know, we've also got field teams out during the summer months doing some prospecting. We've picked up other areas that, you know, look like they've got potential for uh, 
for spodumene mineralisation. So um, Mavis Lake itself, how big is Mavis Lake? Um, yeah, I think it could be it could be significant. And you know, our our approach is really we want to make Mavis Lake the largest hard rock lithium project in Ontario. So you set out to develop a uh, small but juicy, financially juicy project. You drilled. You've hit more than perhaps you would have uh, admitted initially or hoped for initially. You now obviously want to keep chasing that. Drilling has really become the priority over development, you'd say, at this stage? Well, I think we still do both. You know, the the whole approach is always to do both in parallel. So, you know, the development work, we started late last year. So, you know, um, scoping level sort of met test work. Uh, getting the environmental monitoring work, you know, that's an important piece of work for any future operation. So we keep pushing along those sort of development um, tasks. We've we've just brought on a few more staff, uh, lead process engineer and a permanent study manager. Uh, you know, they'll be focused on pushing all those activities, which a lot of it is is engineering, you know, study design work, um, and it happens quite separately to the resource work. So. Um, drill rigs are spinning at the moment. They'll continue running, you know, essentially year on year while we do all the development work in parallel. So uh, do we deploy more rigs? You know, do we do we throw more resources at exploration? Um, for me, it's always a balance of, of, of cash burn uh, versus results. So, uh, but, we'll, but you're armed and dangerous, aren't you? I mean, yes. you, it's not a question of one or the other. You can do both, can't you? 100%. So, you can do the development studies in parallel with the exploration, yep. but you just raise money, so you've got a pretty loaded war chest. Yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I think the, you know, one of the benefits we've seen, we're very economic in terms of our exploration spend. So the location of the project, uh, it's a residential exploration camp, so no remote camps, no remote logistics. How, you know, when we defined our maiden resource, it was an, an Australian dollar and two cents per tonne of resource defined. I, I, I challenge anyone in the industry to try and put their numbers out there and compete with that. So um, you know, we are very cost effective. So what have you got? How big is it now? What do you know? So r- right now the resource is 8 million tonnes at 1.07%. Uh, I suppose the hits that we've had, um, you know, the assay results are only the first hit for the summer program. Um, we're expecting results soon. So there's, you know, we've got quite a lot of assays pending on the follow-ups around that hit. Uh, obviously, looking at the mineralisation from a, um, uh, a visual perspective, we believe we're still on to quite good grade, um, but assay results will tell all. So the name of the game here is to chase this thing, what, down plunge? Yeah, the, the swell zone sort of cuts through the, uh, you know, obliquely through the main zone itself, and that's where I think the over the, you know, the drilling we've completed initially, it, it didn't really pick up, it didn't seem to hang together quite well because it wasn't, following the, the um, pegmatite down plunge. It was, you know, literally um, running obliquely through it. Now that we see it, you know, we've drilled out over 40,000 metres at Mavis Lake in the last 18 months, so it's all starting to come together. Uh, and the, I suppose, the project geologist and our exploration manager are looking at each drill hit now, uh, and then they're actually starting to predict where the swell is going, uh, and they have hit it successfully. So, you know, we think we um, it's starting to fold up at the moment. So um, it's not linear, it's not consistent. We've just got to continually test and probe and, and understand sort of day by day. So what is the drilling telling you that you have beyond the resource envelope thus far? Uh, so I suppose we've got line of sight immediately to something that is an economic project, a walk-up start project right now. You know, does that lead to kind of 
35, 40, 50 million tonnes, well, time will tell. But, um, you know, I suppose our expectations have changed quite significantly. Uh, we used to be very excited about a kind of a 10, 12 metre intercept. And, and now if we hear of uh, 20 or 30, we're like, oh, well, it's not that great. But we'll, um, but ultimately it, it really is. So, uh, you know, our expectations have changed pretty quickly. And, um, yeah, it's very exciting. So this swell zone, as you refer to it, which in layman's terms is a big, fat, juicy lump of mineralisation, this swell zone is what's giving rise to the uh, your increased ambitions. No, absolutely. And like I said, this was uh, this was something that we didn't know was there six weeks ago, uh, and we still have multiple mapped spodumene bearing outcrops in Mavis Lake that we have not drill tested. So uh, we'll stay focused on the swell zone and really understanding that and, and continuing to chase that you know beyond the current resource envelope because uh, that adds obviously immediate tons to a future resource upgrade. Uh, but there's still more to follow up after that as well. So, yeah, plenty of work to be done. So how many rigs have you got turning at the moment? Just one, just one. One rig, 24-7. Um, you know, we're able, we, fortunately, we didn't have to stop for the, any of the fire or um, environmental issues that have happened in Canada. So, you know, we've essentially had that drill rig running since April last year. And the plan is that, you know, we will continue drilling um, all the way through for the next two, three, four years. Do you have to stop at any time seasonally? Um, not for winter. So uh, we drilled throughout winter last year. We had a bit of a break, uh, Christmas, New Year's, you know, shut down for two two weeks. Um, and then in May, when the snow melts, that's the one time the drillers really don't want to work. Um, in terms of uh, the winter conditions, it's, it's not a problem. I was... Uh, I was on site in February this year. It was sort of minus 23. Um, I felt the cold, but the drillers were all in their overalls and uh, didn't seem to be too phased by it. Um, winter also provides an opportunity for us. So uh, Mavis Lake freezes over and we are starting discussions about doing some ice drill pads uh, to look at tackling this swell zone from a different angle. Um, you know, it's it's quite sensitive. Anything to do with water needs, you know, close consideration and consultation with First Nations, given their link to land and water in Canada. Um, but we're working through that process now. So you've already got, what, six or eight months of solid drilling at least in front of you before that snow would melt? Yeah, so uh, probably, yeah, eight, nine months. Um, I mean, winter came in a bit late last year. So, I mean, our plan would probably be to replicate very similar to what we did this year. We'll drill right up until late December, take a quick pause for, you know, Christmas and news. You know, everyone deserves a break, even the drillers, um, and then be back and do it again in January. And so. you're pumping these samples into the lab pretty constantly. Yeah. We've so, ac they've actually complained that we're giving them too much work. So it's, uh, again, good problem for them to have. So uh, we're staring at a pipeline of, of results for months to come while you chase this thing through the swell zone and just try and ascertain what it is you've got on your hands. Yeah, absolutely. No. But there's no signs of it being closed off anywhere? No, not at all. It's, um, again, you know, we're... We're learning pretty quickly. We've uh, the follow-up drilling that we've done has been successful um, in terms of intercepting, you know, mineralized pegmatite. Um, assay is obviously pending, but you know where we've sort of missed. Uh, then we learn quickly, have a look, you know, getting some structural geologist support to to see where the system is actually moving to, uh, and then we follow up straight away. And we've been having good success, so we're we're learning very quickly how to track and predict where this thing's going. Now you mentioned briefly you have some other prospects nine kilometres away from this. From the main area? Yep, yep. So the gull wing and uh, so we had the gull wing pegmatite, little wing pegmatite and the top pegmatite um, all acquired late last year. We did some uh, rock chip sampling and I suppose confirmatory work in the field uh, early this year. Uh, and we've also got doing running, running a soils program and uh, some geophysics as well, just to you know, it's 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 obviously close to the main zone, but when we deploy a rig up there, it is it is essentially running a second program. So we want to make sure we've got as high confidence drilling targets as we can before we we push a rig up there. 
And how do you see this thing playing out, Alex, in terms of a development scenario? Would it be better just to keep growing the resource? Is that where the, the real value creation is for shareholders? Uh, look, again, I think the, as I said at the start, the approach we've always taken is is there's two ways to become a billion-dollar lithium company, you know, a, a really large resource in a tier one jurisdiction, which, you know, we may have. Um, uh, being a near-term producer with a commercially viable project is the other pathway, and um, that development effort is really just time and effort to, to push forward and do the work required to bring something into production. Um, again, leveraging the experience from Altura and, and pulling together a team that have have built, commissioned and, and started up and run a hard rock lithium project before. There's not there's not many people that can say they've done that. So um, that's an opportunity for us to leverage as well, again, to create value for shareholders. Now, you've got a market cap of what? What's the what's the value proposition here? I think at the moment we're sitting at about uh, 75, 80 million. So um, that's, you know, we're trading at, at raised price. So um, you know, we see some some real potential, both uh, particularly from the resource side, uh, for some real near term growth. You know, we continue to chase this, and you know, our our the expectation of resource maybe being you know 12, 15 million tons. All of a sudden, if we have line of sight more like 18, 20, 25 million tons, um, again, it's a walk up start project straight away. And then the question is, keep growing it, but how quickly can we get into production? So, and what's the infrastructure? Like, are there obvious bidders around you who would see there's an opportunity to aggregate here? Uh, there's a lot of early stage exploration uh, in Ontario. There's a, there's a real belt that runs around Thunder Bay. Uh, we would be, uh, you know, I suppose us and, and another company are the only two with a joint compliant resource, so we're definitely leading the pack. Um, but in terms of infrastructure, we, we are uniquely positioned. So uh, we're 10 minutes from the town of Dryden. Um, we turn straight off the Trans-Canada Highway, so we've got immediate access to export logistics. Um, the highway runs down to Thunder Bay, a deep water port. Uh, there's a train line that runs to Winnipeg. Uh, from Winnipeg, you've got a rail line that runs straight into North America. So uh, something we're looking at actually is our proximity to the state of Michigan, uh, Michigan being a, a massive automotive industry hub for um, for the United States. Uh, and there's significant investment that's happening in Michigan State, both federally and at a state level, to continue to build out their sort of electric vehicle supply chain and, and keep that industry alive. So, uh, you know, we've sort of uh, coined the phrase from Mavis Lake to Michigan and, and the logistics infrastructure to get there is already in place. So, um, and there's a number of Canadian projects that are quite isolated, quite stranded, but that's that's definitely not something we've got to deal with. So as an investor, you'd look at this proposition, Alex, and say, drilling's ongoing, we're chasing the thing as we know it goes, we know it's open. Uh, every intersection we get presumably adds, adds value. It should translate all other things being equal to market cap. No, absolutely, absolutely. And then I think once you start... Pretty simple equation, really, isn't it? <laughs> quite, quite simple. No, that's it. And then, uh, you know, when we start to look at project economics, when, again, the, the non-process infrastructure considerations we don't have, you know, there's hydro transmission power lines that run around the property. There's already covered by a communications network. Uh, it, it's a residential exploration operation. It would become a residential future mining operation. Um, there's, there's so much we don't have to spend money on. Um, it, 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 you know, it'll be an excellent operation when we get it up and running. And presumably you're, you're putting these results into a new resource model, an update coming? 
down the track? Yep. No, I actually had a meeting with the resource geologist yesterday. So uh, uh, we, we use uh, consultants here in Western Australia. So uh, we've got to get a site visit underway. So we're just starting to plan that um, timing when we'll be drilling, when the weather's amenable so they can actually see what's on the ground, you know, avoid the snow cover. Um, and we're also starting to build up a, an internal picture. So, we, uh, you know, brought an in-house resource geologist capability on board. So we know where we're tracking. Um, it's, it's for internal use only, but, you know, we'll be able to then pull the trigger on the formally... Uh, undertaking a resource upgrade and releasing that to market when it makes sense to us. So, you know, indicatively we're targeting the first half of next year, but we're going to make sure that the resource upgrade is something compelling. Alex, it sounds like a very simple but very high growth scenario. Uh, as an investor, you could look at it and say, this is how I stand to make money here. I'm, I'm betting on the drill bit. It's gone beyond greenfields exploration. Clearly you're chasing known body of mineralisation, which I suppose is the sweet spot for so many investors. They don't want to punt their shirt on on the, uh, the idea that it may or may not be there on a binary outcome. You've got it. You're onto it. It's a question of how big it is. It sounds like a fantastic story. Thanks very much for having a chat with us today. No pleasure. You've been listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast produced by Resource Media, hosted by Paul Armstrong for Red Corporate. Please note that Reed Corporate does not provide investment advice and investors should seek personalised advice before making any investment decisions.